and welcome to That Tech Pod, where we discuss all things e-discovery, data privacy, cybersecurity, and tech innovations. I'm Laura Milstein, and I know, you know, some things about technology. And I'm Gabby Schulte, and I know maybe a little bit less than what Laura knows about technology. (laughs) That's why each week we're talking to heavy hitters in the industry to help us break down these topics. Today, Gabby, who are we talking to? Laura, do you have any idea what uh, synthetic data is? I do a little bit, but I bet you uh, don't know as much as our (laughs) guest today. (laughs) That is quite... Uh, true, Laura. So our guest is Dr. Khalid El-Amam. Um, Khalid is the leading authority on synthetic data. Um, Khalid, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So like we kind of alluded to in the in the top of the show, um, synthetic data, that's very, very interesting, but yet I don't know a lot of what that is. I'm sure a lot of people, especially in the privacy world, um, have some mixed um, uh, understandings of it. So before we get into it, though, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started into this field and into um, working with synthetic data? Sure, absolutely. So um, I've been in the data privacy, data protection space for 15 years or um, or a little bit longer than that. Initially started um, with uh, developing software for managing uh, data for clinical trials. So we were collecting uh, a lot of data. This was a company I, I, was, uh, I had co-founded and uh, we were collecting a lot of data about clinical trials. And the uh, we had a lot of information that we could analyze and and reuse and and feedback to our clients who are running those those studies those clinical trials. But we couldn't because of privacy concerns. Uh, there were a lot of uh, um, obstacles to uh, analyzing that data without having to go back and obtain consent from all the patients. Uh, it was the time when a lot of new privacy regulations were were coming into effect. So um, so that led me to look at privacy. Uh, preserving technologies or privacy enhancing technologies um, a lot more carefully. So then I spent a number of years developing methodologies to um, anonymize health data or de-identify health data uh, to enable that data to be used for research, for drug discovery, for public health, and so on. Um, and uh, we developed some technology there. We we ended up uh, building software and selling selling the company that that built all this. Um, and uh, eventually there was a realization that uh, existing methods for anonymization were uh, limited in the sense that they can't handle very complex data, the type of complex data that we're seeing uh, in the healthcare industry. So synthetic data was the solution. Um, and I'll explain as we go along what, what that is and, and why I think it's the solution, but uh, it checks all the boxes. So we we focused on developing synthetic data technology, bringing it to market, doing the underlying research to uh, solve the various uh, technical problems that need to be solved with synthetic data uh, so that can be used more, more broadly. I'm a computer scientist by training, by the way. So yeah. uh, uh, this, this, but I've been working in health data and data analytics for pretty much all of my career. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. And that's one of the reasons that we wanted to bring you on is is your your background on this. And so we understand that synthetic data is it's created in the digital world rather than being collected from or measured in the real world. But when we kind of look into that, can it be considered personal information or not? Because if it's kind of being created, where is the line and how is it different from like de-identification? Um, well, let's talk about how synthetic data is created first, because I think that will will help us um, disentangle some of these things. So you can think of it as a digital, you're building a digital twin of, of um, let's say it's a, it's a uh, clinical trial or, or, or a, a hospital, uh, but you take the data and you create a, a, a model or representation of, of what that data um, applies to. And then you use that model to simulate new data. So all the synthetic data that's generated is is not from the the real real people. It's data generated from that model or from that simulator, which means you can't map the synthetic records back to real people, or it's very difficult. I don't like saying never, but the chances of being able to map your synthetic records back to real people is is very low. Um, so, So it's not uh, derived from real data per se, it's data that's generated from a model. So that's why uh, it's that gives its privacy-preserving properties because you can't do that to that um, uh, reverse mapping, and it's different from de-identified data because um, what we found is that the the privacy risk from synthetic data are much lower than de-identified data to start off with. But you can also handle very complex data sets because you essentially. Um, um, run the data through this AI algorithm that learns what the data has, what patterns learn the data. And once it learns what the patterns in the data are, it can then generate new data that follows the same patterns. So as long as you have uh, sophisticated AI algorithms that can model complex relationships, which we do, then you can build some pretty sophisticated uh, simulators. No, that's really fascinating. And, uh, you know, kind of looking into this, uh, um, a concern or a question that I saw that kept popping up around this was, you know, how reliable is synthetic data um, since, you know, it, it compared to non-artificially generated data? Um, can you kind of break that down for us uh, in, in terms of uh, using these different types of methods? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, there, there are two main questions that that uh, people ask about synthetic data. One is the privacy question, um, and the the second one is is the fidelity or utility question. Is is how good um, is the synthetic data? And um, the the simulators that I spoke about before have become very good recently because of advances in AI and deep learning and machine learning. They can uh, they're quite sophisticated. They can model complex relationships. So the technology has improved quite a bit. And and the analogy I will make is with deep fakes in the sense that, uh, you know, you've seen images of of fake people uh, that are generated from 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 real images of real people. So how this works is you get an image bank of real people. You train an AI model to learn what real people look like. And then uh, you essentially simulate fake people. Um, And uh, that has become really they have become really good. I mean, that technology has, has become quite powerful in that the, the uh, deep fakes are very realistic. Um, 
And uh, the advances have happened relatively quickly as well over a short period of time. And it's the same thing with other types of data. So when you talk about you know, data in databases, for example, structured data, uh, it's the same type of technology. It can learn uh, sophisticated uh, or complex patterns in the data and then generated, generate data sets that look very realistic. And the improvements that have happened over time, the last few years have been quite rapid. So this is just getting better all the time. Um, so I think in practice, um, the the uh, fidelity of synthetic data has improved dramatically. Uh, right now, we are able to simulate uh, quite complex longitudinal electronic health records and so on. Um, so I think the evidence is is strong, and then it's, it's getting stronger all the time around around how good uh, the synthetic data can be. And you know, you, you, the same technology is used to create uh, you know fake videos and fake audios and so on. Yeah. Um, and if you ever seen some of those, it's quite impressive. It looks very real. Yeah. Well, quick, quick question or quick uh, follow up to that, Laura. Before you go ahead, um, uh, <laughs> this is this is not even anywhere in the realm but but uh when you mentioned deep fakes i couldn't help but think of this like very popular like viral deep fake on on tiktok about tom cruise has anyone <laughs> anyone ever have you heard of it Colin? the video of tom cruise yeah so so there's this user on tiktok i feel like i'm I might be getting this wrong, but there is a user on TikTok who Tell somehow us. uses deepfake technology to just do like be Tom Cruise. And like there's just one of like him mowing the lawn, but it's him mowing the lawn yeah. as Tom Cruise. And it, honestly, it went viral because it's so good. And like for a while, people I think it fooled some people because we're like, oh, is that Tom Cruise? But it was it was very, very good. So to your point, it's getting uh, pretty pretty advanced there. Gabby, if you ever make a deep fake of me, can you make me do something a little bit cooler than just like mowing the lawn? Like, yeah, maybe like you, you made a deep be, uh... fake of Tom Cruise and you were like, here's a lawn mower, get out there, deep well, fake Tom Cruise out there just really keeping up his maintenance of the yard. I think that was why it was so it, like That's funny hilarious. is because we normally see Tom Cruise like jumping out of planes, but to see him mowing a lawn, it was like, what? That's weird. Yeah, Top Gun uh, 3 or whatever we're on, the the yard. Anyway, um, so that that is really interesting. So can you tell us a bit more about what you're doing with this synthetic data and how you're you're utilizing that and, and being able to really shuffle through and say, this is the real Tom Cruise, this isn't, this is why, et cetera? Yeah, uh, I mean, there, there are two major use cases. Uh, one is a is a privacy use case, and the other one uh, I think is is very profound, uh, which is around the um, simulation and creating virtual patients. Um, but on the privacy side, uh, I mean, there's huge demand for for health data for research and and public health, and um, and it's it still remains a challenge to to get access to this data to transfer data across borders to to uh, accumulate data internationally and so on. Um, and synthetic data is one way to enable this because you can create synthetic non-identifiable data and share it, transfer it across borders, and then uh, analysts can can learn a lot from, from those data sets. So we help companies and governments and health systems to share data. But it's not just that. Um, they have challenges uh, reusing data internally because of GDPR and, and other regulations uh, using already collected data for secondary purposes is is often uh, um, 
challenging and, and there are many obstacles. So creating synthetic variants of those data sets enables access to, to that data very quickly. We're seeing a lot of companies um, hiring data science teams and, and machine learning experts, et cetera. So they build these teams and then they sit around for a long time waiting for data to come, um, which can take many months in, 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 in some, some organizations. So uh, synthetic data enables them to get access to that data very quickly and become productive much faster. So that's one use case. And then the other use case, which I, I find very exciting is, because um, uh, we're building simulators, is to, is to simulate um, virtual patients. So, uh, for example, if you are trying to do a clinical study and you need to recruit 500 patients uh, for your study, why don't you recruit 300 and simulate the other 200, for example? So it can cut down on your your, uh, uh, number of patients you need to recruit, uh, which should allow you to move faster, um, cut costs, because recruiting patients is the biggest cost in these, these types of studies. Um, and that, that's a really profound change to how you do uh, clinical studies. It's re- formative stages, early days, but uh, that can be quite powerful as well. And it's, it's the same type of technology, same type of approach. So that's not a privacy one, but I just thought I'd throw that in there because uh, I think it's, uh, it's, it's quite an exciting application of, of uh, the, the same type of technology that's used to create synthetic data. Yeah. And, and, you know, when we're looking ahead and and last question for you um, is kind of looking ahead and looking at the trends, what do you see coming down the pipeline in the next, let's say five years um, in this area? And do you see the privacy concerns? Do you see um, the other types of concerns kind of getting a little bit more complicated? Or what do you think in, in that realm uh, is, is going to happen in the next five years? I think it's going to be uh, harder to share data, uh, personal data moving forward. And uh, we'll have to rely more on privacy enhancing technologies like synthetic data generation to, to do so. Um, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, synthetic data generation uh, checks all the boxes. So it's largely automated, so you can scale it quickly. It doesn't require a lot of expertise uh, to do. So you, you're not reliant on, on uh, very rare talent to do it well, which is the case with, with uh, uh, de-identification. You, you require experts to do that. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's seen uh, being seen more positively by regulators just because um, it's it's not real data um, and uh, the the risks from it are quite low. Um, and uh, what has what has happened historically or has been happening is is, is that uh, um, previous methods like identification and so on have a negative narrative developing around them now, unfortunately, uh, just because of all the published identification attacks that uh, um, that have been talked about in the media and so on. So there is that negative narrative um, and you know, fairly or not, it exists. Um, so synthetic data allows people to, to gain trust again in how their information is being uh, reused for secondary purposes. Um, so it checks all the boxes. And um, I think it will be a big part of our future in terms of sharing data and getting access uh, to data. Um, we've seen adoption of synthetic data grow quite rapidly over the last few years. And uh, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about Gartner. I don't know to what extent you guys believe Gartner numbers, but I'll, I'll mention that anyway. So they have their, their privacy hype cycle for you know 2020 and 2021. And 
synthetic data uh, gained five years to adoption in one year, uh, according to their estimates. So, um, uh, I mean, the numbers are, 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 I think, speculative to some extent, but I think the pattern is what we have observed in that the adoption of synthetic data has accelerated quite a bit over the last couple of years. Um, so I think this is going to be uh, an important um, technology for, for sharing data and reusing data, health data and financial data. These are the two main sectors that have adopted synthetic data uh, for privacy reasons. It's being used quite a lot in, um, you know, on automotive sector to train cars, uh, you know, train the control system for cars, for example, or instead of sending a car out and drive around and, and, Take take videos. You just uh, uh, create synthetic environments using using uh, uh, video game engines, um, and so then you can simulate all kinds of scenarios, very large number, and then you feed that into your your algorithms, and they learn how to navigate around the obstacles or or uh, in different weather conditions and so on. It's used in uh, robotics to to train robots, um, so you create synthetic environments for them to train on, etc. But in the privacy, uh, for privacy use cases, it's really healthcare and financial services that are picking it up uh, more more uh, uh, aggressively. So, so we've been seeing that over the last couple of couple of years. Um, so anyway, that's what I think is going to happen in the future. This is um, going to become a, a an important component or important technology for for data sharing uh, moving forward. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for everything you said. Uh, Gabby and I are really happy to have brought you on to the self-voted number one uh, tech podcast in the world. If you hear otherwise, it's just synthetic data. Um, and <laughs> so we wanted to thank you for, for being on the show. Great. Thank you for inviting me. Talk to Dr. Khalid El Amam. What are your tech takeaways? Uh, well, first of all, no disrespect to him. I think he's a clear expert in in the industry, and he definitely knows his stuff. But I'm really still thinking about Tom Cruise mowing the lawn as a deep fake out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I just can't. I mean, I, can't, I don't think I don't blame now. you. It's hilarious. It's yeah. hard to not think about. It. It's just like Tom Cruise doing mundane things. It's like weird yeah. as hell to think about. <laughs> just left my Scientology meeting and I'm going to go mow the grass real quick. Is that the <laughs> real Tom Cruise or is it a deep fake? Like, who knows? I'd believe it either way. Who knows? Um, but he gave some very interesting perspectives out there today. And, and I think it is one of those questions that you kind of always ask. It's just what's real on the Internet? That's what it all comes down to, to me, is, you know, now that we have this wonderful space of information, how do you know what is real and what is just synthetic data? Well, and also to that point. Um, you know, how reliable is it? Like he was saying, the fidelity of this, of the data that's being generated by AI, um, that's a concern among some critics of synthetic data is, you know, it's, it's not real data. So, so how can we be sure? But like he said, you know, I think he made a really good argument that it kind of checks all the boxes, you know, for researchers, say in the medical field, like he was talking about a lot was, you know, it cut costs, uh, it cuts, um, you know, 
time. It takes a lot of time to gather a good sample of people uh, to do research like that. Um, so I think those are all like really interesting um, arguments there. But m the thing that I was most interested in is what's coming ahead and kind of like the use of synthetic data in robotics. Um, and even like the, the example he gave with driving cars, like I thought that was so cool. Like I would never uh -huh. think of that, but like, yep. uh, create you know why you know obviously it's very important for something like that that's going to be you know having driving like automated almost so like that needs to be tested and tested and tested obviously because they're holding the cargo is human lives so yeah. um so you know obviously using our ai technology to simulate um every think of every sort of scenario uh is a perfect way to sort of like use all of that technology and and for a good you know purpose or efficient way i guess that's what i'm yeah, trying to say i agree and if you want to take your time in an efficient way you should head on over to our website www.thattechpod.com see what's going on scroll to the bottom and uh subscribe to us uh, get uh, on board with our newsletter that is coming out every Tuesday now, letting you know what's going on and who we're talking to, who we're not talking to is actually not found on that newsletter. But if you want to know who we're not talking to, feel free to contact us at contact at thattechpod.com. Or if you'd like to be on a show, know anyone who would like to be on the show or just want to reach out to us. You can also check us out on LinkedIn slash thattechpod or tweet us at Twitter somewhere on the Twitter space at that tech pod send us a tweet um also if you would like to think of more ways to spend your time efficiently uh you can head on over to apple podcasts or anywhere you listen to this podcast and give us a five-star rating and review we would certainly be uh, appreciative of of the time that you take out to uh judge us or judge us fairly positively or negatively we appreciate it either way yeah just judge us and we will continue to remain a non-biased non-company owned podcast for you where we will let you be the judges 